This is Speaking of Speaking. Quick tips and tools to take you from stage fright to spotlight. This podcast gives you an inside look from the world of public speaking and the speaking secrets you need to be bold from the stage, no matter what business you're in. The host of Speaking of Speaking, Carl Richards. Thank you, Matt. Yes, another edition of the Speaking of Speaking podcast. I have lived most of my life around the world of audio, being a former broadcaster. And today I'm really excited to talk about somebody who is taking steps, shall we say, to revolutionize the audio world as we know it today. Amit Kukreja is the founder and CEO of Audia. We're going to find out a lot about that today because that's what this podcast is about. But listen to this tagline, turning speakers into rock stars. How does he do that? That's what we're going to find out today. Emmett, welcome to the podcast. What's up, Carl? Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. <laughs> so thrilled to have you here. Yes, I have signed up for your platform, by the way. That's how I got the notification that you were looking for opportunities to be guests on podcasts. And I can't think of a better guy because this is a fantastic platform. Rather than me trying to explain it haphazardly, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you today. So first off, how did this whole platform idea come to be? What was the process or how did you come to it? Yeah. So I was in high school. And I did something really weird, if you can believe it, but I did competitive speech and debate. So while I was doing speech and debate in high school, I was toning myself to understand the art of spoken word. And I ended up getting pretty good at it. So by the end of my senior year, I was one of the top three public speakers in Europe. I was one of nine people on the national USA debate team. So we got to travel across the world internationally and represent the states. And I also was one of the top seven debaters in the United States. So I took a lot of the competitive success I had in high school and sort of leveraged that into college to really get into the niche of coaching spoken word content and understanding spoken word content from a level of how do people effectively communicate their messages at scale. So I've always loved communicating. I always loved taking an idea and figuring out how can I give it to the world. And then the pandemic happened back in 2020. I graduated business school undergrad May of 2020. And I kind of just took this idea of like, okay, I've been doing competitive debate and teaching competitive debate over the past five years. Is there a world in which technology could be at the intersection of that competitive debate background? And that's when I got an idea of just like, you know what? There is not a sort of platform where people can upload audio content at scale and that audio content can then be algorithmically curated through keywords and search that can then be recommended and ultimately give creators what they're looking for, which is discovery at scale. It was a seamless fit of like, I was coaching competitive debate. I was a competitive debate speaker. Could I build a technology platform for the types of people like myself, podcasters, poets, you know, communicators, coaches, consultants that can get their ideas out there into the world? And that's where the idea was born. And then we started building it and we've seen some traction. So now we're going to keep going on it. It's an amazing platform. I love it, by the way. And I'm a fairly new adopter. I didn't jump into the early adoption of, I think it was what, October. I mean, you said October, but I think there was, I got the email notification. I guess it was March or April of 2021. And I was a little bit sluggish to jump into it. But I want to play devil's advocate a bit here. I want to say audio, who cares? We already have a channel that sort of curates everything. We call it YouTube. Why do we need another one that's audio only? The thing about YouTube that's really interesting is that they process 500 hours of video per minute. So there's 725,000 hours of video uploaded to the platform per day, which means YouTube has a big responsibility, which is how do we recommend videos to people that they want to watch that keeps them on the platform that also their sort of fiduciary commitment gets them to see advertisements within those videos, which means the number one goal that YouTube's doing from a content curation optimization perspective 
is getting a video that you're going to click on and consume, which will allow you to stay on the platform. I do know that they're getting into audio and they're doing a lot of things for audio. I just think the riches are found in niches right now. And if we can take a subset of YouTube, which is all the audio content that is uploaded there, podcasts, things of that nature, TED Talks, all those types of things, and take that subset and really brand it into a platform in and of itself that is solely focused on giving keyword search and discoverability to people that are only communicating via audio and don't have to deal with the billion hours of video that's enticing for people to click on while they're on the platform, then I think there is a world in which we could become what YouTube has done for video, but exclusively do it for audio. And I think if that could exist, that would actually get us to compete with some of the big dogs that are in the league, including Spotify and Apple, that I personally think just haven't done enough of a job around audio discoverability. We can get into why, but I think if we can do that, and I think you know the reason we have 1,500 people who've signed up in the past five months is they realize there is a problem with getting their audio content discovered, and hopefully we could help solve it. I love that line, by the way. I wrote it down. The riches are found in niches. <laughs> You even think of Clubhouse, right? Like they're a $4 billion company and what have they done fundamentally? I love the platform, but what they've done is kind of create the radio, right? The radio is a bunch of different channels that are live. And on Clubhouse, you're just scrolling through a bunch of rooms that are live. It's a very small niche in the grand scheme of things. And you know that's where it's found. You mentioned something about the podcasting platforms as they exist right now. You mentioned Spotify and Apple, and there are others, of course. But once you've launched a podcast, it's very hard. It takes a lot of marketing, unless you're a big name like an Oprah Winfrey or a John Assaraf or somebody like that, to get your content the traction it deserves. How is Audia going to make it easier? Yeah, I think that's a really important question. So here's the problem. And you sort of mentioned it, right? It is incredibly difficult to start marketing the podcast once you create it. And the reason for this is because I think it's very important for your listeners to sort of understand how the podcast marketing ecosystem operates. There is... uh, hosting service, which distributes the podcast audio file. So you have Buzzsprout, Anchor, there's like a ton of different hosting services. So a podcaster drops the audio file inside of that hosting service, and then the hosting service distributes it through a decentralized RSS model. It's been the industry standard for the past 10, 15 years to all of the podcast distributors. Spotify and Apple, obviously the biggest, but there's a ton of other those. What that has done functionally is not create a network effect which for those who don't understand that terminology, a network effect is a supply and demand content sharing platform at scale in which users upload content to the platform and then consumers come to consume that content from that platform. What it has functionally done instead is create Spotify and Apple as pseudo middlemen for the audio files, just like literal platforms that host it because they have sourced it from these decentralized RSS feeds, which in turn does two things. A, it gives Spotify and Apple all the audio in the world, right? They don't need to say upload to Spotify. They just source it, right? They just get it. Kind of like Google. It just gets the information from the web. But the problem is they can't recommend it. And the reason they can't recommend it is for two reasons. Number one, when you're sourcing all of this audio content at scale, you don't have proprietary data about the content because the content is on Spreaker, the content's on Verbal, the content's on all these other different platforms. So the recommendation engine that is necessary for creators to get discovered, which is kind of our selling point for why Audia is differentiated and why we think it could be really big, is actually creating a network effect on the platform. To really illustrate this, when you upload a video to YouTube, It goes to YouTube, which means YouTube has a gazillion data points of proprietary understandings of how that video will perform if it recommends it to a variety of different demographics, which means if you play by the algorithm correctly, you will grow on that platform. You make a video about weight loss, people are searching for weight loss, people care about intermittent fasting. That video is tangentially related to those topics. It gets recommended to those people. Those people click on it. They have a chance to become part of your tribe, which is why YouTube is the behemoth that it is. 
That process is not happening in audio at scale. And it might happen on Apple and Spotify one day. I have some reasons why I don't think it will. And I think if we could create that discovery mechanism, then I think we have a chance to be bigger than Apple and Spotify, as crazy as that sounds, because creators are going to go where the content gets discovered. And hopefully, Audia could be that place. I don't think it's crazy at all to say that, because think about it logically. And I know you obviously have. This is your startup. That's why you're really you know, advocating to move this ball down the field with Audia. And I totally agree with you. But when you think about if people need to search for a video, where do they go automatically? They don't go to Google and search it through Google. They might, but most people will search where? They'll on search YouTube, on right? YouTube. Yeah. Occasionally they might go to Vimeo or some of those other platforms, but I would say 99% of the time yep. or more, they're going to go to YouTube. Is that basically the goal of Audia is to have that central location. So if somebody is searching for a podcast or an audio file or something that it'll be top of mind, I have to go to Audia for that. Yeah. I mean, we want to be synonymous with that. And I think you earn that synonymous trust with users over the time and, and consumers over time by providing a really good, valuable service. But if you're looking for weight loss content, I think trying to search it into Spotify and Apple and getting all these convoluted results of sourced RSS feed and all these random podcasts that really don't answer the question, it's not the best experience, especially when here's the other thing, Carl, they have a sort of monetary incentive to show you content that they have produced because Spotify and Apple are really turning into a Netflix of podcasts type of service where Spotify has over 700 different exclusive pieces of content. Apple has made partnerships with Marvel Universe. Those are the guys that I see on the front page, Wall Street Journal. I don't see Carl's Speaking of Speaking podcast, even though it probably should be recommended because the content is good, but there's not an algorithm to actively curate that because there's all these exclusive partnerships. And then B, they have music to recommend. I mean, Spotify in particular, they have 85 million songs that they need to pay royalties to record labels that own percentages of Spotify. So there's a very weird convoluted fiduciary commitment there. And then they have exclusive podcasts. If you pay $100 million to Joe Rogan and he's interviewing a public speaking expert, even though Carl is probably better at talking about public speaking, that Joe Rogan episode is going to be recommended because they have to get an ROI on that $100 million. So at that point, I think that already makes consumers not feel that Spotify and Apple have an incentive to give them the best search results. Whereas YouTube, they don't have any exclusive deals. They're just really trying to give you the best videos. If Audia could be synonymous with that for audio, then there's a chance that could work. It sounds like it's not a fair playing field then for your average podcaster, but you know, there's only so many Joe Rogans, you know, there's only so many, you know, Sam Crowley's of the world that, you know, there's only so many of those people, the rest are the, and I don't know the numbers, but there's probably more people in the podcast world and spoken world too, that have done other projects, maybe outside of podcasts who are not in that foray, so to speak, who struggle to either beat the algorithm or do enough marketing to get the plays or the hits or the downloads that they rightfully so deserve or have earned. What are some of the challenges? I mean, you've hit on some of them. What are some of the other challenges that you've experienced in this process of getting Adia up and running or to a place where people are recognizing that it's there? Well, so marketing is tough. We got 1,500 users primarily because I sent over 50 to 60,000 cold emails. So, And they were all one by one because you can't automate that because Google will shut you down. Like that was legitimately a good four or five months just sending, sending more emails. And on top of that, 
I have to take, you know, seven, 800 calls face-to-face one-on-one because when someone wants to sign up for your platform, they want to know a little bit about it. They want to know about the creator. They want to know it's not a scam. So a lot of work went into the past six months of just getting that initial traction. And I think we're there. We have over 6,000 ideas on the platform, 1,500 users. I mean, like we're starting to see a lot of momentum and growth and the story is really resonating with a lot of people. The question becomes, how do you get the world to care, right? How do you get the people who use Spotify every day to care? How do you get the people who are not posting here when we know if we had a bullhorn, we could yell it out to 20,000 people that were all in the podcasting world, I have no doubt at least, you know, 95% of them would at least try it because they see the value and the potential just from an idea perspective. So marketing is the biggest challenge and it is a challenge every day that makes me question a lot of things emotionally because it's hard when you've built something really good and no one knows about it. And it's, you know, it's deep struggles that I have to go through every day, just trying to figure out how to wake up every morning and figure out more ideas. But it's also the only challenge that really matters because what else would I be doing? Like get some job that I don't care about and, you know, work and not have any purpose in it. So it's a very difficult thing to do, but I think because it is so purposeful, it's it's a challenge that you got to take a couple of hours off and get back into it and see what you can do. Let's talk about the platform itself, because I want to give you the opportunity to paint the picture for somebody who is a content creator who maybe is just hearing about this for the first time. By the way, my guest is Amit Kukreja, who's the founder and CEO of Audia, and we're finding out a lot about Audia today. Paint the picture, Amit, about what can people expect to find when they're on that platform? What types of content are there? Yeah, you know, this is an interesting question because when I was really early into Audia back in like November 2020, I just thought like you get content on the platform that's good. We're a platform that's helping people get their content distributed. And as the months have evolved and people have actually been uploading, you start to recognize just because you have content on the platform doesn't matter. Like you have to curate that content. What's the value of that content? What's the title of that content? What's the descriptions of those content? How long are those pieces of audio uploaded? Is there a good opening? And like, there's so many factors that come with actually figuring out how to give and recommend good content. And I think we've been pretty lucky because a lot of the creators that have used the platform are serious creators. They're not just like doing this to do this. So a lot of the content we're getting is high quality, good, immersive, interesting audio content. We have stuff from public speaking experts, to drama, audio fiction plays, to motivational entrepreneurship, self-development stuff, to like, you know, we got to get a little raunchy. We have sex doctors on the platform talking about how to increase your love life. We have podcasts that have analyzed history. I mean, we have so much stuff that's on the platform. And the beautiful thing is the ideas that are uploaded to the platform, they don't feel like podcasts, like episode 53, blah, blah, blah. They feel like just these ideas, almost like an article that you see with a thumbnail and a title and a headline and a picture, and you click on it to read the article, or you click on the video to watch the video. You click on the idea to listen to the idea. It doesn't feel like it's in some feed of an RSS that you have to go and find because you saw an ad for it. It's just recommended to you, and these unique, interesting titles are recommended. So we got a lot of interesting stuff on the platform, and now we're just trying to grow it and figure out how to recommend it. There's a lot of different niches, over 6,000 pieces of content. So there are pieces of content that are audio clips, but then there are also pieces of content that are full podcast episodes in some cases then. Yep, exactly. What people are doing that's smart about Audia that we've really recommended to people is you have an hour-long interview. Take that hour-long interview, put it on Audia, but remember that the goal of Audia is not to just put that hour-long interview in someone's face because people need to click on that to consume it. So can you take that hour-long interview, turn it into five, 10-minute segments that are A, digestible enough to consume, 
And then B, give those a good enough title so that when they pop into your feed, just like it's on Twitter or Facebook or something that shows up in your feed, doesn't entice a click from someone. Now, obviously, our algorithm has to be really good to make sure that it's more optimized to see the right demographic. But if that's the case, I think already that right there has differentiated us massively from Spotify and Apple. Because Carl, speaking of speaking podcasts where he's interviewing you know, some random expert and there's a five-minute really good segment, it will never pop up as that five-minute standalone segment on Spotify and Apple because of mm-hmm. all the reasons I mentioned. So if it pops up on Audia and there's enough of a demand of users on Audia and they click on it, that converts into traffic, which means more opportunities for Carl as a creator. And you know that's really the value proposition here. They'd have to be separate episodes in your podcast for them to populate that way. It wouldn't just show up randomly in the feed. This is a phenomenal platform. I'm so thrilled to be a part of it. How can people join their crusade, as it were, and start putting their content on Audio? What's the best way for them to do that? So really the best way is to sign up at audio.io slash register. It's a really quick two-minute process, name, birthday, all that stuff, and then you're in. Then they can get started. They can press upload Audio in the top right-hand corner, and you can start uploading content. We also have the app that's out on iOS. You can just type in A-U-D-E-A on iOS, or just go to the website, and there's a link there that you can see on the homepage. And then, yeah, people can check it out and people can start uploading some content and see how it works. Emmett Kukreja, I'm going to give you one moment here to say any final thoughts or a final thought before we let you go today. Well, my main final thought is thank you for having me on the podcast, Carl. I mean, we're really just trying to get people to check out this platform because I think there is a value proposition that is different than a lot of the startups that are offering in the audio space. I know audio is competitive. I know audio is crazy. I know every day people see a new audio thing startup, but I think we have a chance to be part of that 0.1% that are actually different and can actually change the world. So I would recommend everyone to just go to audio.io, check out the experience. What does it feel like to get audio content recommended to you based upon just giving us some interest and seeing what pops up? And yeah, if you like it, then download the app, stick around a little bit, and maybe create some ideas and see what happens. Emmett Kokreja, founder and CEO of Audia. It's Audia, A-U-D-E-A dot I-O. We're going to post all the links and how to sign up in the show notes. It's been a pleasure chatting with you today and looking forward to seeing you on your channel in the community. Thanks for joining me today. Awesome, Carl. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And remember, get out there and own the platform. Thanks for listening to the Speaking of Speaking podcast. Fired up about something you heard today? Want to learn more? Be sure to visit carlspeaks.ca. And don't forget to follow Carl on Twitter at carlrichard72 or join the Facebook group Speaking of Speaking 